Bet Online is helping the Locked On Podcast Network go down the list of the top 50 players in the NBA. Where does LaMelo Ball rank? After that, we'll talk about some Exhibit 10 contracts and ponder a PJ Washington extension. That's all today on the Locked On Hornets Pod. Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. And Doug, we are dedicated because we just went through all kinds of issues, a lot on my end. First, you were trying to fix some stuff, but really, that was just you trying to get stuff ready for us. I've just had a whole bunch of problems, but we're dedicated to at least give you a show not on a Tuesday, but on a Wednesday. We're skipping a couple of days because we need content. The NBA season is about to be here 20 days away, you said. So it's like we're inside 20 days away before we see some Hornets basketball. That's true. Man, that was a journey you just took us all on. You went Woo! behind the curtain. You went back in front of the curtain. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we're less than 20 days away. We've got the... We've got media day coming up. It uh, looks like the Hornets have already had their internal media day, and I saw some interesting tweets from one P.J. Washington. Uh, so I want to talk about that a little bit later. But first, man, this uh, some some exciting news and a little bit of content here as we close out the summer. Bet Online doing a top fifty player list. Locked On's involved, and I'm curious as to where Lamelo is going to end up on this list. Yeah, where do you think he's going to end up? Because we don't have the rankings yet, right? No, we don't have the rankings yet. They're keeping it secret from us, uh, even though we're involved. Um, I've begged for these rankings. They said, no, they're, they're in a sealed vault with the uh, formula to, uh, to Coca-Cola and uh, with the recipe for the original recipe chicken at KFC. The, the so you're saying, Nick, you're, you're saying Nicolas Cage is going to help us get the back of this list? because That's it has what it would treasure. take. That's what yeah. it would take. Yeah, getting Nicolas Cage involved would be the only way we can get this early. Uh, September 19th, I believe, is when we are actually doing this show uh, that, uh, that will be revealing these players 10 at a time on the Locked on NBA podcast. But yeah, I mean, in terms of where LaMelo is, I mean, I think he's absolutely going to be on the list. I don't think there's any question when you look at his offensive impact last season and the year before. Rookie of the year, all-star in his second season, that doesn't happen very often. Uh, I think both on potential and what he's already done, he is absolutely a top 50 player. And I would say a threat to even be a top 25 player at this point in his career if they really look at and I don't know what the you know what the sort of uh, uh what, what they're using to make this list but if they really rank potential in there I think LaMelo is going to score high on that yeah if you go by all-star standards right top 15 in the eastern conference top 15 in the western conference you would think he'd be a top 30 player i know it's not exactly divided that way because you might have really good players in the west let's say you have more than can make the all-star game they would have made it in the east vice versa but Lamelo, all intents and purposes should be a top 30 pit or top 30 player in the nba that's where i would imagine him threatening to be that top 25 maybe they're kind of doing the whole shaquille o'neal top 50 greatest players of all time in 92 list where they're baking in the future for him a little bit so that would i think propel him to a top 25 spot hell if that's the case they might even bring him all the way closer to 20 but i think that would be deserving right top 30 top you know, maybe right at 25, that would make a lot of sense to me. And probably the only Hornet that would be on the list. 
I would imagine they leave out Miles Bridges. Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier aren't good enough to make the top 50, in my opinion. So LaMelo probably going to be the lone Hornets representative here. And top 30, 25, I think that's about right. Yeah, I mean, well, you don't even really have to go completely on potential. I I think if we were doing a complete potential list, then, yeah, I mean, you'd probably see him closer, I think, to top 20. But if you look at his LeBron rating, which measures player impact, he was in the 87th percentile, according to Basketball Index. Offensive LeBron, he was in the 94th percentile. So he's one of the best in terms of just pure offensive impact, is one of the best players in the league. And a lot of that comes from his facilitation. But I would say say that the he does so much on, on getting others involved that it probably hurts him a little bit on these type of lists that I think are always going to value those pure scores like Trey Young, Damian Lillard. You know, when you're talking about top guards in the league, it's going to be difficult for LaMelo to really truly ascend that list until he shows us a little bit more of that dominant scoring ability. I don't think he's ever going to be a Damian Lillard type score consistently, uh, and he doesn't have to be because he's such a great passer but but we have to see a little bit more of that in this third season before I think he's ready to move into that kind of top 20 territory I think he gets credit for that though because people that are Doug Branson voting on this list they want to see the box score filled they want to see the stat sheet actually matter and LaMelo Ball does that in a lot more categories than if you were just scoring 25 to 30 a game yes really impressive but when you're going 27 and 7 that I think people like to see the box score light up like LaMelo does to really any stat sheet you look at after a game for him to average those type of numbers as young as he is. Yeah, I think we both expect to see him at least in the top half close to it on this list at the age of 21. I mean, he just turned 21, which is why we are so happy that he was drafted and we're hoping that the Hornets can capitalize on his presence here. Yeah, I mean, I I would say like, you know, some players that will probably he'd be tussling with. I mean, you could look at a guy. I mean, you could look at somebody that his is his age, Evan Mobley, uh, wasn't drafted in the same year. Oh, that's but a good I, one. I, you know, I think that's a name. I think Pascal Siakam, you know, he's kind of in that. I think he's probably in that sort of 25 to 30 sort of mid-tier. You're getting beyond the the Devin Bookers, the Ja Morants. I mean, I thought Don, Donovan Mitchell, you know, we've been talking a lot about him and, and the potential for the Hornets to acquire him. They didn't. But I thought getting Donovan Mitchell would get you a top 20 player. And yeah. I think Donovan Mitchell is probably – maybe is the 20th best player in the NBA. Like he's right there. So I think, you know, is he five players worse than Donovan? Yeah. I mean, that feels kind of right. I think there's probably five players that you could pick out that that would separate him and Donovan Mitchell at this point. So I I feel comfortable saying he's going to be somewhere in that 25 to 30 range. In fact, if he's any lower than 30, then I would just say this bet online. Your list is garbage. Um, I appreciate you. Thank you for all the money. Continue to be our sponsor. We love you. Uh, But you know, if he's, if he's under 30, then I start to question the legitimacy of what we're doing here. That is Doug Brown. Branson straddling Too dangerous the line. for the radio, by the way, is yep. why they won't let me on. <laughs> well, you are straddling the line of corporate company man that brings home <laughs> the money. Left chair, Doug, also trying to sit in the right chair and blast a list just because you can. And that's what Doug might do. I don't even know. Yeah, I'm blasting a list. I don't even know the list. I'm just saying a warning. If he's not top 30, then I don't know what we're doing here. Then watch out. I'm ex- I, I am interested, though, and this perhaps opens 
the opportunity to talk about the overall all-star question here, Doug, because if you think about it, I can think of Donovan Mitchell coming from the West to the East. I can think of DeJounte Murray coming over from the West to the East. Both of those guys are backcourt players. We know that Darius Garland is someone that I immediately thought of that could compete with LaMelo for a top spot. Where does Darius come in on this list compared to LaMelo? If LaMelo Ball this past year was a guy that was just on the outside looking in initially and then was that first reserve, does that still hold true with now DeJounte Murray playing defense, but probably not going to put up the stats that LaMelo is, but still certainly a threat. And Donovan Mitchell, you would kind of bank on him making the all-star game, right? Like, where does that leave LaMelo in all of this? That could be an interesting question. I wonder if we're overrating DeJounte Murray a little bit. I, you know, I see all of the, I see some lists and they've got him top 25 yeah. already. And I don't know. I'm just, let's, let's wait and see how it works out with Trey Young. Uh, I'm interested in that, but uh, you well, know, I defensively, don't know. he's insane. Like he's going to turn you over, and he's going to create well, opportunities. Also, Lamelo Ball. Lamelo Ball was excellent at turning turning people over last. Well, Dejounte's diff. I mean, nobody's going to say Lamelo's better than than DJ. I didn't say he was, but he's I but mean, he's but he's ten times the playmaker that Dejounte Murray is. Yeah, LaMelo offensively, no question. I would take LaMelo ball. And I I just was throwing it out there as a threat. I think LaMelo, I think LaMelo over DeJounte, and I think Donovan over LaMelo. I think that's what Well, you know, so. DeJounte's in the better situation because that, the, the, you know, the, the, the Atlanta Hawks acquired him because they thought, hey, here's an idea. Why don't we get two players that are in the top 50 I mean to go back to the very beginning of this conversation it is abundantly clear mm-hmm. I, I mean I don't I, you know I haven't seen the list but I would bet bet online I would bet all of my money that <laughs> that another Hornet doesn't show up on this top 50 list I mean I think unquestionably the Hornets have one top 50 player that's LaMelo Ball and that's a problem the Charlotte Hornets and Mitch Kupchak need to get to work to figure out how to add another top 50 player in the in the next season uh, so that this team is not uh, wasting time, valuable time that they have with LaMelo Ball. Yeah, I'm not missing any other Western Conference players to come to the East, right? I don't think – we didn't even see any All-Stars go from the East to the West this free agency period or trade period. The, the East it, – it's crazy, man. The East did get – we saw them get better last offseason, and they only added a couple of All-Stars this offseason. Now, one, one other thing uh, – and we don't really have to discuss this because we haven't seen the list yet, but one other thing I'll be interested in when we do see the list is where they rank – Anthony Edwards versus yeah. LaMelo Ball. Anthony Edwards in a little bit of controversy right now. Had to had to wheel out the old uh, apology tweet uh, for some comments that he made, I believe, on Instagram uh, that were uh, homophobic. Um, so he's dealing with his own issues off the court. Uh, but on the court, I'll be interested to see, you know, where they have uh, where they have him ranked. Speaking of the Eastern Conference gaining another all-star, Rudy Gobert too, right? Speaking of the Timberwolves, Rudy Gobert goes not in the backcourt to affect LaMelo, but still another all-star coming from the West to the East. All right, let's talk about some guys that have quite a ways to go before they ever hope to reach an all-star game. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Oh, I missed the button. Here we go. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Don't go to sleep on me. I'm going to sleep. Yeah. (laughs) Doug is is snoozing over there on the ones and twos. The Hornets 
they released a statement on a couple of new signings that they had over the uh, last couple of days. We'll get to that in just a moment, but not before we talk about our friends bet online. Once again, they're your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. As you've seen them kind of go by now, here we are starting to get into some four game contests for some of these college football programs. Bet online is also your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. That includes the MLB, the MMA, boxing, even golf. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. Exhibit 10 contracts coming up next. Locked on Hornets. Is locked on Hornets. This says the Hornets received three votes for their handling of James Borrego, who was viewed as doing a good job the past couple of years before Charlotte fired like him, him man. after the season. Then hire him. No one's hired him. These GMs are like, oh, we love James Borrego. Are you, you going to hire him? Ah, I don't think so. He got blown out twice a play. You can't hire that guy. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Thanks to Doug for pointing out to me that I just switched the Minnesota Timberwolves and moved them into the Eastern Conference. So a little bit wonky NBA divide now. I apologize for that. Uh, but doesn't I, it feel like the Timberwolves should play in the kinda, East? Like Minnesota, kinda. I mean, I think they're in a, there's this group of teams in the Western Conference that I've always believed would be candidates, you know, because there's a lot of rumors in the NBA that they're looking, you know, possibly in the next three to five years to add another franchise. Maybe it's Vegas. Maybe LeBron owns a team in Vegas. Maybe it's Seattle. We've all, you know, there's so much, so much love tied up into the Supersonics bringing them back. So if they do add two Western Conference teams, somebody has to come over to the Eastern Conference. I think Minnesota's a candidate. I think Memphis is a candidate. Like, why is Memphis in the Western Conference? Yeah, Memphis doesn't make this much is the sense to me. One. And New Orleans, I think, would be another team. So what I'm saying is I'm being a good partner here. I'm being a good yep. right-sider and telling you that it's okay that you said that the Minnesota Timberwolves are in the Eastern Conference because it feels like they should be. Yeah, it does feel like they should be. On the other hand, I think I was just thinking of stars that change teams this offseason and then right. end that. I lumped Minnesota into the Eastern Conference. I apologize to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Let's talk about some Exhibit 10 contracts here, Doug, because the Charlotte Hornets have signed Jalen Crutcher, who we know from the summer league session, Anthony DeRuji, Jalen Sims, and Isaiah Whaley. Mitch Kupchak and the team announced Monday that they signed all of those guys. E10 contracts. I didn't see that here. I didn't see that that was disclosed. It said, in fact, the terms of the deals were not disclosed, but they're pretty obviously E10 contracts and an Exhibit 10 contract. That was the report. Just, that was the report from Rod Boone, I believe, in the Charlotte. So you did Observer. see that. Okay. They were all E10 contracts. Okay. I was looking at what the team announced, but basically what an Exhibit 10 contract is too. It's a low level contract that gives you some flexibility. You can decide to waive one of the players that you signed with no problem because they're non guaranteed contracts. So that money does come off of your cap roll. You can convert that into a two way if you want to as well. If you play in the G League, I think something like 60 days, something like that, then you are eligible for a $50,000 bonus that you'll be getting. So just low level contract for these guys that the Hornets don't have to keep on their payroll if they decide to let them go. Um, a couple of the different things you can do with it. Crutcher is the most interesting name here, Doug, because we saw him this summer league session. Not exactly great in the handful of games that they played, but also this roster wasn't constructed very well. 
Uh, no, he wasn't. And in fact, yeah, it wasn't constructed very well. Jalen Crutcher, uh, I thought, got better. I mean, he was one of the players that did get better as the summer league uh, season, as it were, wore on. I mean, mm-hmm. he was he was playing better in those final couple of games. But in the first three games, I thought it was just absolutely miserable and turning the basketball over and probably being asked to do things that he should not have been asked to do. Uh, Isaiah Whaley also on that uh, summer league team, but we didn't get to see I don't. I mean, he may have played some fringe minutes there at the end, but I don't really recall seeing Whaley out on the floor all that much. Uh, UConn grad, uh, pride of Gastonia, uh, went to my alma mater of Ashbrook. Uh, I think he was disqualified his freshman season, if I read correctly. And okay, then, a lot of hometown cooking with these signings, by the way. Yeah, I think he played. I think he did play a season at Ashbrook, and then ended up going to uh, a prep school in Charlotte. Uh, but anyway, I'll claim him, pride of Gastonia. There you go. Uh, him and uh, uh, who's the other guy that I'm always thinking of, that I'm always uh, Daryl Armstrong is the other one. That well, Daryl Armstrong, yeah, Daryl Armstrong, absolutely. I, I say that unironically. He was six man of the year. He was really good, and I think he even has an all star under his belt. James Worthy, obviously, Ashbrook yeah. grad. Um, but there's oh my gosh, I don't the, know the, the other one. It's the big center uh, that um, we always uh, speculated. Man, wow. It is truly Wednesday. The big center, I don't I'll know. I'll think of it. Oh, here's what's okay. going to happen. I will think of it in the third segment and then scream it at the top of my lungs randomly. Okay. Did you? Did any of these guys pop out to you? I mean, Jalen Crutcher is the only one, right? I guess he has an outside shot at getting some minutes in the backcourt this year, but not really, I would say. It still would have to be, in my opinion, an Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas. Alfred Payton, if they did bring him in, he would certainly get the nod over a Jalen Crutcher or one of these other guys. So um, it still remains to be seen what they do with that backup point guard spot, Doug. They brought back Cody Martin. They haven't done anything else. We know that center was a problem. They drafted Mark Williams. We know that backcourt depth has was a problem, and they haven't really done anything there. We've had these rumors that, hey, maybe the Hornets could bring this guy on. I guess Charlotte isn't really in a hurry. I guess they don't feel like some of these other players are going to sign with another team while they're trying to wait, so maybe that's why they're just kind of holding on. But season's fast approaching, and right now it's LaMelo Ball, it's Terry Rozier running back up point guard. Then it's James Booknight, more of a combo guy. Cody Martin, who you'd have to bring for more of the 2-3 role to handle the ball. And basically, basically what we're saying here, Doug, LaMelo is the only point guard on this roster right now. Like that's that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, none of none of these players that you've listed, the stats don't really jump off the sheet. Uh, none of these players seem to be a threat. Although, you know, you never know. I mean, Deruji might come in, Sims might come in into training camp and uh, open some eyes. There might be some opportunity if they don't end up signing. Uh, if if Detroit doesn't release Kimball Walker, or they don't pursue Isaiah Thomas. There might be an opportunity if if the Hornets just decide, all right, well, this is this is going to be a gap year. This is going to be a year where we're really not expecting to compete so maybe one of these guys so it's worth keeping an eye on I mean Whaley I saw he averaged uh, 2.2 blocks was a co-defensive player of the year for the Big East for UConn so I mean that's something I mean they're they're going to be looking for defense anywhere they can get it so maybe Whaley uh, can turn one of these exhibit 10s into a possible G League and honestly you know with injuries uh, you, you never know I mean you have to keep your eyes on these kind of French players every once in a while because uh, that's how these opportunities present themselves I mean we're always 
always talking about how Miami is just plucking these players out of nowhere, putting them in their G League system, and then all of a sudden they're averaging 20 points and are, and are defensive menaces uh, for this Miami organization. Uh, you know, you know. My, there, there's a reason for that, right? It's not just the, that they're finding these players at random. I mean, they just have great scouts, great p- player development systems, and they have just a, generally an organization that operates very professionally and with high standards. Uh, Charlotte is not exactly known for that. So you I, don't, I don't think have Hornets culture hopes. is a thing? No, I don't know. Hornets, there's no such thing as Hornets culture. But I will say that the closest in recent memory that the Hornets have had to establishing a tough culture was the the last time that we saw Steve Clifford in in town. I mean, he was yeah. he was somebody that came in, put a bunch of statements in the in the practice facility and and said, "Here's what we're going to do and this is going to get us to the playoffs." And and he made good on those promises. So it, there is a little bit of of a glimmer of hope that they could reestablish that under this second Clifford regime. All right, speaking of glimmer, uh, glimmer of hope, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Is there hope that P.J. Washington could sign an extension before he even hits free agency? We'll get to that in just a moment. But first, I do want to tell you something uh, fun. We're doing a part of this Lockdown Podcast Network. Could be Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. You might have questions about LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, LaMelo Ball. Which NBA player moves the betting line the most this season? Locked on and bet online odds makers present the NBA top 50 most valuable players starting on September 19th. So find uh, find it on Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcast. You can also find it on YouTube as well. Let's talk PJ Washington coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. We need Mitch Kupchak to throw a party like Sam Presti. Can he party like Presti? And Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, but who are you going to get to perform? Because remember, guys, they got Nas. I, they did get Nas. Man, who is Mitch Kupchak getting to that Nelly. party to perform? Can we get Nelly? No. Can we get- P. <laughs> I hate you right now. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Back on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, PJ Washington, Doug Hassan Whiteside, oh. <laughs> the, the Ashbrook grad. Oh, that felt good. Oh, yeah, that's Hassan Whiteside. That pride of Gastonia. That's who I was thinking. I'm sure people were listening and screaming mm. at the. Uh, yeah, I bet that was Hassan Whiteside. Pride of I Gastonia. That, I bet that was happening. He was the guy that came to your mind, kind of over. James Worthy and Daryl Armstrong, the great Daryl Armstrong. Wait, no, he was the player that I used to somewhat ironically call the pride of Gastonia. Okay, that's that's it. all that's all that was. Mm-hmm. I, I of course everybody feels pride about James Worthy. Everyone should feel pride about Daryl Armstrong. You know, Hassan Whiteside yeah. has had a little, you know, has had a nice career. There's no disrespect to Hassan Whiteside, but certainly hasn't lived up to some lofty expectations that were around him during his Miami Heat. Um, Got a big contract, also was in the Miles Turner all-star trade chip, you know, every single year type category. Hey, what if the Hornets actually trade for Hassan Whiteside? Bring him back home so you can be close to the gas house, baby. Gastonia. Let's talk about P.J. Washington. Doug, you saw something on Twitter that was interesting about P.J., and he's been pretty interesting on social media the last year or so. 
Yeah, I did. And I wanted to show it on YouTube, but I'm not going to be able to. So um, I will just read it out here. So this is what has been happening around the Hornets. They're doing this internal media day, which is essentially, you know, all the stuff that you see on the scoreboard when they do the little skits and stuff and they ask the players questions or like we saw a video. They're they're obviously going to do something around Halloween where the players are reaching into a box and feeling something and they can't see it and they have to guess it. And there was a cute little video of LaMelo Ball getting scared by a pig head that had a hook like a metal hook through it i don't know oh. uh yeah i don't know if you, you didn't see this that was well that was a gory description i ew that sounded nasty it seemed, but it was you know but it scared it scared lamella lamella was frightened scare me he too did. <laughs> sorry. Well, what do, what do i should have warned everyone in. before i started ah, in on that nasty but anyway right. so they're doing all of these videos, and there's a tweet from Bally Sports Hornets because they are part of the internal media crew. They're doing some interviews with different players. They've got this tweet out. says, Year 4 for P.J. Washington, and it's a picture of him being interviewed by Bally Sports. Okay. Then P.J. Washington comes over the top of that with a little retweet action and says, Yes, sir. Two emojis that it's, it's the hand uh, with the pen in it or a pencil or a pen. I don't really know. And then two shout emojis, and then the PJ is sort of some kind of symbol that looks yeah, like the PJ, PJ that he yeah. always tweets out. Right. So, but the interesting part to me, Walker, is the hands with the pen emojis. Why does would you put that, that mean? Does that are we? I'm I'm reading into tea leaves a little bit here, but are we are we on the verge of a PJ Washington signing extension? He it's is eligible. Yeah, it's interesting for the Hornets because they've had like these questions kind of pop up the last three years. What do you do with Devontae Graham? Okay, I at, there was once upon a time I thought they should sign Devontae. They ended up getting lucky and getting a first round pick after that trade they sent to New Orleans, but it was always possible that they'd get lucky. That's exactly what happened. And they had two first round picks this year. That works out in the Hornets' favor. Devontae gets like 13, 14 million, something like that. And then, you know, Miles Bridges was a conversation we were having a lot, you know, before coming into this past season. Reportedly, they gave him a $15 million a year per four year contract. It would equal 60 million total. Miles Bridges actually confirmed that. He gave a head nod when he was asked about that in media availability, actually, kind of towards the end of the season. And we knew that he was going to be very much so set to make a ton of money, really a max contract until he got hit with that domestic fel- uh, felony. Um, yeah, excuse me. Felony, the felony domestic, domestic violence charge. charge. Yeah. And then so. Now, P.J. Washington, I mean, I I think we'd be talking about him, honestly, a lot more, Doug. Like, this would actually be a top storyline in in past years, taking care of P.J. Washington before he hits unrestricted free agency, or do you just let him, you know, hit restricted free agency? That's what I meant to say. And then let another team maybe set the market on him, right? Like, for me, I would rather take care of P.J. Washington before – he gets better this season and then drives up the market price. You know, I, I've been a fan of that. I asked Mitch Kupchak this very question, actually, during one of his media availabilities, um, maybe two that he had this offseason. Very noncommittal. 
right? When he was asked about Miles Bridges, he basically said before this charge, yeah, we're going to take care of Miles Bridges. But PJ, he said, we like PJ, did a lot of good things, but didn't want to talk about PJ at that point. So definitely was way more vague when I asked him that question. Well, that's really interesting, right? Because going back to your Miles Bridges point, uh, they they did try to secure Miles Bridges before that pre- th- this previous season where he took off because they obviously they saw the potential there. They saw what what he could bring on, on on the basketball floor, and they wanted to try to get that before he took off. and And Miles decided not to sign that contract. Do they see that same kind of thing with PJ? I would argue that I don't. I, I think he's going to be a very good player for, for a long time, but I don't see him making a similar leap to Miles Bridges. Oh, I don't if either. You, if you just look at the numbers, like his first two seasons, his points per shot attempt were pretty low for, for a big, and and they, they stayed pretty consistent. It did go, it did leap up to sort of league average for his position in this previous season, but his usage went way down, and he was asked to do a lot more defensively, which is probably why his offensive usage went down. So I just think there there are a lot of questions about just generally the ceiling on his two-way play that I think if they do decide to re-sign him to a longer-term deal, that it has to be on a on a very team-friendly deal. Well, They're kind of similar to Kimba Walker, right? You're sort of ma- if you can get a team-friendly deal and make that bet on PJ now. If it works out, great. And if it doesn't, it's a really tradable contract. But you certainly couldn't, you know, back up the Brinks truck and and you know do whatever it takes to get PJ. You're just not. I don't think you should be in that position. So I think with the Miles Bridges contract extension or the contract offer, I think if the Hornets were were really trying to lock him up before he hit free agency, they would have offered more than sixty million total because that was easy. I mean, that was cake to go ahead and turn that down if you're Miles. There's no way you sign that deal. Just abs- I don't care if it's clutch. I don't care what agency works for him. You're turning that down. So it really wasn't that much of an effort to try to lock in Miles Bridges. They right. Were no, always but it was let the same. Hit. They were doing. We we talked about this at the time. They were doing the same thing that they did with Kimma Walker, putting something out there and going, "God, oh, man, I hope he takes it because we really feel." like this he could be a very good player and and we can get a little sweetheart deal here and Kimba took it and Miles didn't and will they offer that same kind of do they feel like it's even necessary to offer that same kind of sweetheart deal to PJ Washington that's the question my yeah my question is how serious are they about keeping PJ do they make that same contract offer to the point where PJ's not going to take it and they're just going to hope to God that he does. But in the end, like we all really know he's not. Or are they actually going to make a real go at it? You know, for, for me, going after Miles Bridges, an actual real go at it would have been closer to 20 million because there's risk. You're paying for what he could do in the future, but he hadn't done that yet. So there was actual risk, but you were trying to get out ahead of the market and $20 million given based off his play until he caught the charge, that would have been worth it. And I thought that would have been a risk worthwhile. So where is that for PJ? Because PJ's not going to make 20 million. That would be a bad contract as much as I love him. I value defense. I value him as a perfect role player, especially in an offense ran by LaMelo being a stretch big, somebody I can depend on to hit the three shot a lot better from two point range showed some dog defensively goodness gracious man he got so much better this past year is that worth 13 to 15 million per year yeah kind of to me like I, I wouldn't mind that so I'm yeah we'll we'll see exactly where the market would bear out for PJ but I 
I would love to have him here on the roster. And uh, I, I just hope the Hornets actually make a real go at it rather than some faux offer. And then the market spikes up on him because he improves. Well, but the counter argument to what you just said there would be, why not just leave yourself as flexible as possible financially? Signing him to any kind of deal is going to be locking up your books. And, uh, you know, you, you've got the Nick Batum money coming off. Don't know what's going to happen with Miles Bridges, but it doesn't look like they're going to be investing a lot in into into that situation so there's going to be uh, there's potentially could be a lot of flexibility in your books coming up. You did draft Mark Williams, so maybe you took care of a lot of those defensive problems. We'll see after this season how they feel about that. So I think the counter argument is, look, we like P.J., love what he brings to the team, but it's it's not such that we feel like it's necessary to absolutely re- retain those now instead of letting this season play out and just competing with the rest of the market. You know, another thing real quickly is that this con- this salary cap, it's going to spike within the next couple of years because of this TV deal. And so yeah. it's funny, even if you extend some of these contracts to these guys that look big now, they're going to be just fine. Now, smart agents are also going to keep that in check and say, wait, I know what the money's going to do here in a couple of years. So no, we're not signing this. Like to me, Doug, I think that Miles Bridges contract extension could be copy and pasted to PJ and that be a real offer, right? Like if PJ turns that down then you're really betting on yourself and the hornets are really betting on pj so that yeah interesting thing here so i it it, it's been on the back burner given the chaos the absolute chaos that has been the hornets offseason so far but uh, actual pretty legitimate storyline and it's funny how we just haven't mentioned it enough yeah, well, and and this, I think it's going to continue to be a storyline, especially if PJ Washington, you know, secures a starting spot at the beginning of this season and uh, raises the level of his game. That then the, you know, how long do the Hornets wait? Do you know? I, I think that's that's always the really interesting part of these kind of negotiations is is when do you when do you start this conversation, and and when does it become too late for that player because the player obviously has proven their value and now wants to go seek. Uh, what what they can make out on the market so uh, it's going to be interesting to watch Uh, but it's nice the the idea that you're going to have pj washington super motivated regardless coming into this season i think is a positive for the charlotte hornets yeah and by the way um 15 million a year puts him at about like the the hundredth highest paid player he's kind of in that neighborhood um we know there's bad contracts that are making a lot more than that that should not be and we know there's rookie scale contracts where guys should be making more but that would be kind of in line you know around the hundred spot um of the top paid salaries in the nba all right that'll do it for the lockdown hornets podcast thanks for joining us and making us your first listen every day we very much so appreciate it now make your second listen lockdown nba it's your daily 30-minute update on everything taking place within the association. You can check it out anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube as well. Thanks so much for joining us once again, and have a great rest of your day.